chapter twelve of a popular history of the art of music from the earliest times until the present by w s b matthews this librivox recording is in the public domain the rise of polyphony old french and gallo belgic schools part one we here enter upon one of the most interesting and important chapters in the history of music the art of polyphony had its origin at the same period as the pointed arch and the great cathedrals of europe which our architects strive in vain to surpass in the province of music it represents the same bounding movement of mind filled with high ideality which gave rise to the crusades and poured out in their support such endless treasures of life and love and in the same country too arose the gothic arch the beauties of the shrine of notre dame in paris and the involved and massive polyphony of music polyphonic is a term which relates itself to two others as the leading types of all effort toward the expression of spirit through organized tones they are monodic and homophonic the musical art of the ancients was an art in which a single melodic formula was doubled in a lower or higher octave but where no support of harmony was added and where the only realization of variety could come through the province of rhythm alone or perhaps to a very limited extent through changes in the mode or color of the scale from which the melody had been derived monodic art was an art of melody only rhythm finding its explanation and source in the words and so far as we understand the case scarcely at all in the music our modern art of homophony is like that in having but a single melody at each moment of the piece but it differs from the ancient in the important particular of a harmonic support for the melody tones composed of chords in key this harmonic accompaniment rules everything in modern music it is within the power of the composer to confirm the obvious meaning of the melody tone by supporting it with the chord which would most readily suggest itself within the narrowest limitations in the concept of key or second it is within his reach to impart to any tone apparently most commonplace a deeper and a subtler meaning by making it a peculiarly expressive tone of some related key instances of this use of harmonic accompaniment are numerous in wagner's works and form the most obvious peculiarity of his style and the chief reason why the hearers to whom his works were first presented did not recognize the beauties and the novelties of poetic expression in them halfway between these two types of musical art stands polyphony which means etymologically many sounds but which in musical technique means multiplicity of melodies in a true polyphony not only has every tone of the leading voice a melodic character but all the tones which sound together with it are themselves elements of other and independently moving melodies 
polyphony comprehends the most recondite elements of musical theory but its essence consists of one leading concept that of canonic imitation the simplest form of this is furnished by that musical construction known as the round in which one voice leads off with a phrase and immediately a second voice begins with the same melodic idea at the same pitch and follows after at the proper interval a third voice enters and follows the procession at a corresponding distance behind thus when there is only one voice singing we have monody when the second voice enters we have combined sounds consisting of two elements and when the third enters we have at each successive step chords of three tones if there are four voices as soon as the fourth enters we have combined sounds of four elements this form of musical construction was much practiced in england as already noticed a round however does not come to a close but goes on in an endless sequence until arrested arbitrarily by the performers such a form is not proper to art since it lacks the necessary element of completeness for at whatever point it may have been arrested there was no innate reason why it might not have gone on indefinitely the polyphonic compositions of the schools in consideration in the present chapter go farther than this while they consist of imitative treatment of a single subject carried through all the voices or of several subjects which come together in such a way that the ear is not able to follow them as individuals there is a conclusion and the canonic imitation has a legitimate ending besides those compositions consisting of repetitions of the same subjects these schools gave rise to other works in which several subjects are treated more or less in the same manner as a single subject would have been in a simpler composition nevertheless in the earlier stages of the development all the chords arose as incidents and not as ends the composer brought in his leading melodic idea at the interval prescribed or chosen if crudities arose when all the voices were employed he took no notice of them the hearers apparently being too intent upon following the individual voices to notice the forbidden parallels of fifths or octaves which inevitably arose until the composer had learned which intervals might be used without harmonic offence and which not before proceeding to the story of this chapter the definition of a few terms may be advisable in the interests of clearness by imitation then we mean the exact repetition of the melody of one part by another part at the same or a different pitch such an imitation may be strict as when the intervals and progressions are exactly repeated or free as when certain changes are made here and there in order to lead the imitation around better to the principal key canonic imitation is one in which the imitation is strict the repeating voice exactly repeating the melody of the principal by counterpoint we mean a second voice added to a melody already existing the counterpoint having a strict relation to the leading melody but a wholly independent movement this conception had its origin in the art of extemporaneous descant 
in which while the choir and congregation repeated the melody of the plain song a few talented singers performed variations to it guided solely by ear and tradition returning to the tone of the plain song at all the points of repose we do not know when extemporaneous descant gave place to written composition but it was probably early in the twelfth century by double counterpoint is meant a counterpoint which although written to be sung an octave lower than the principal song can be transposed an octave and sung higher than the principal song without giving rise to forbidden progressions this will be the case only when the original relations of the two voices have been restricted to certain prescribed intervals by fugue is meant a form of composition in which every voice in turn enters with the leading melody of the piece the same given out by the leading voice at first called the subject responding alternately in tonic and dominant this form comes later than the period we are now about to consider but it grew out of the devices of polyphony and accordingly is always to be kept in mind as the goal toward which all this progress was tending the art of polyphony is to be understood as an effort toward variety and unity combined the unity consisted in all the voices following with the same melodic idea variety in the different combinations resulting in the course of the progress the limitations of polyphony were reached when the true expression of melodic intervals was lost through their intermingling with so many incongruous elements part two the beginnings of contrapuntal and polyphonic music have been traced to what is now known as the old french school having its active period between about eleven hundred and thirteen seventy or thereabouts the principal masters known to us now by name were all or nearly all connected with the cathedral of notre dame paris and several of them with the university of the sorbonne paris during the earlier part of this period in fact during the greater part of it was the most advanced and active intellectual centre of the entire civilized world when the french school had ceased to advance as happened some time before the close of the history in thirteen seventy as above assigned it found a successor in what is known as the gallo belgic school which was active between thirteen fifty and fourteen thirty two this in turn was succeeded by the netherlands school extending from about fourteen twenty five to sixteen twenty five the removal of the star of progress from one location to another as here indicated in the succession of these great national schools was probably influenced by corresponding or slightly antecedent changes in the commercial or political relations of the countries rendering the old locality less favorable to art than the new one for questions of this sort however there is not now time or space to return to the old french school the recognition of the importance of this school is due to a learned belgian savant monsieur kussmacher who happening to discover in the medical library at montpellier france an old manuscript of music analyzed it and found that it represented masters previously unknown and for the most part belonging to the period under present consideration 
in several monographs upon the history of harmony in the middle ages he traced the steps through which polyphony had arisen and was able to show that instead of dating from the fourteenth or fifteenth century as previously supposed it had its beginnings more than three centuries earlier and that paris was the first centre of this form of musical effort for convenience of classification the entire duration of the old french school may be divided into four periods of which the first may be taken to extend from eleven hundred to eleven forty the great names being those of leonine and perrotin both organists and deschanters at notre dame the montpelier manuscripts contain several compositions by both of these masters and in them we find the germs of the most important devices of counterpoint leonin was known to his contemporaries as optimus organista on account of his superior organ playing he wrote a treatise upon the art a manuscript copy of which appears to be in the british museum and its contents have been summarized by an anonymous observer but never published in full he is said to dwell mainly upon the proper manner of performing the antiphonary and the graduale it is also stated that he noted his compositions according to a method invented by himself if this work could be fully examined it might throw important light upon the point reached in the practice of church music in his day his notation also would be a matter of interest and possibly of importance quite a number of compositions by leonin have been discovered the successor of master leonin as director of the music at notre dame was one perrotin who besides being a capable deschanteur was an even greater organist than his teacher leonin he was also a very prolific composer many of his compositions being still extant he made additions to his predecessor's manual of the organ by descant in the foregoing account reference is made to the practice of extemporaneous singing of an ornamental part to the plain song or a secular cantus fermus this art had its origin one or two centuries earlier than the period now under consideration in the secular organum of hucbald and all the more talented singers who were also composers as well were expert masters of it descant was the predecessor of counterpoint the chief forms of composition in vogue during this period were motet rondo and conduit the terms were rather inexactly applied but in general the motet appears to have been a church composition in which often the different voices had different texts so that the words were wholly lost in performance the rondo seems to have been a secular composition and was sometimes written without words the conduit was an organ piece occasionally if not generally of a secular character all of these forms were also distinguished as duplum triplum and quadruplum according to the number of voices the harmonic treatment in them is still crude occasional passages of parallel fifths occurring after the manner of hucbald but in the works of perrotin passages of this kind are softened somewhat by the device of contrary motion in the other parts 
he made a beginning in canonic imitation kussmacher and Noman after him giving examples from a composition of his called posuit adjutorium in these works of perrotin and in many others of that day traces are to be seen of an amelioration of the musical ear and a preference for thirds and sixths such as but a short time previously had been unknown to musical theory this influence was probably due to what was called faux bourdon a system of accompanying a melody by an extemporaneous second and third part in thirds or sixths this art again is clearly due to the influence of the round singing of the british isles thus we have already a beginning of at least three important elements of good music the recognition of the triad or more properly of the third and sixth a beginning in imitation and the contrapuntal concept of an independently moving melodic accompaniment to a second voice which in turn had been the outcome of extemporaneous descant the works of perrotin were undoubtedly in advance of his time having in them no small vitality as is shown in their having formed a part of the repertory of notre dame for more than two centuries the second period of the old french school extended from about eleven forty to eleven seventy and great improvements were made in the art of harmony meanwhile the three great masters of this period were robert of sabillon his successor in notre dame pierre de la croix and a theoretical writer named jean de garland the first of these men was distinguished as a great deschanter in other words a ready hand at extemporaneous counterpoint pierre de la croix made certain improvements in notation the nature of which however the musical historians fail to give us garland divided the consonances into perfect imperfect and middle a system which has remained in use with slight alteration to the present day the thirds and sixths however still rank as dissonances he also defines double counterpoint and gives examples the illustrations are crude but the idea is correct the third period of the old french school is sometimes known as the franconian period from two great names in it of franco of paris and franco of cologne whose theories have already been noticed another celebrated name of this period was that of jerome of moravia also a theoretical writer whose treatise has been published along with the others in kussmacher's medieval writers upon music he was a teacher and a dominican monk at paris he was contemporaneous with franco of cologne the fourth period of the old french school extended from twelve thirty to thirteen seventy the three great names were philippe de vitry jean de murry and guillaume de machaut they were regarded by their contemporaries as exponents of the ars nova in contradistinction to the franconian teachings which was called arts antiqua one of these differences was the use of a number of signs permitting singers to introduce chromatics in order to carry out the imitations without destroying the tonality jean de murry was born in normandy he was a doctor in the sorbonne and from thirteen thirty a deacon and a canon he died in thirteen seventy he was a learned man of an active mind 
he speaks of three kinds of tempo lively moderate and slow he says that pierre sometimes set against a breve four six seven and even nine semi breves a license followed to this day in the small notes of the fioratura this kind of license on the part of the deschanteurs had been carried to a great length the melodic figures resulting being called fleurettes little flowers john cotton compared the singers improvising the fleurettes of this kind to revellers who having at length reached home cannot tell by what route they got there jean de Murray reproved them in turn saying you throw stones by chance like boys throwing stones scarcely one in a hundred hitting the mark and instead of giving pleasure you cause anger and ill-humour machaut was born in rethel a province in champagne in twelve eighty four he was still living in thirteen sixty nine he was a poet and musician who occupied important positions in the service of several princes and wrote a mass for the coronation of charles v noman thinks that machaut was the natural predecessor of the style of lassus and palestrina he says that the use of double counterpoint slackened from this time whereby the music of the netherland composers dufay villert and palestrina is simpler and less artificial than that of odington and jean de garland chords were more regarded this also had its source in the north part three the gallo-belgic school occupies an intermediate place between the old french and netherlandish its time was from thirteen sixty to fourteen sixty and tournay the central point for most of the time the first great name in this school was dufay thirteen fifty to fourteen thirty two the compositions remain the same as formerly triplum quadruplum etc one of the masters of this school hans zelandia who died about thirteen seventy is to be noticed on account of his part writing being more euphonious than that of his predecessors he uses the third more freely and he gives the principal melody in his chansons to the treble and not to the tenor as do the others this also is in line with the british influence dufay was regarded by his contemporaries as the greatest composer of his time the open note notation succeeded the black notes about fourteen hundred or according to ambrose as early as thirteen seventy kussmacher dates dufay thirteen fifty five to fourteen thirty five the introduction of popular tunes as a cantus fermus in masses and other such compositions is due to him there are a large number of such works still in the library of the vatican he was the first so far as we know who introduced l'homme armé and the same subject was treated by several other composers after him noman thinks that the most noticeable peculiarity of the work of dufay is the interrupted part writing the imitation not running through the whole composition but appearing here and there according to the fancy of the composer dufay is also credited with having written pure canonic imitations without descending to the level of the rota with its endless phrases quite a number of his compositions are preserved at the vatican and the royal library at brussels 
the other great name of the first period of this school was that of benchois born in hennegau died about fourteen sixty five a few of his compositions are preserved but they hardly present important differences from those of dufay there were several masters intervening between those just mentioned and bunois who closed the school but at this lapse of time their work hardly retained sufficient individuality to warrant burdening the memory with them antoine de bunois was born in flanders in fourteen forty and died in fourteen eighty two during a great part of his active life he was chapelain chanteur in the household of charles the bold and that of his successor maria of burgundy his salary in this position was extremely meagre ranging between twelve and eighteen sous a day or in our currency between about twenty-five cents and forty-eight cents a day but as the position carried provision for all the real needs of a man in the matter of food and clothing perhaps the salary was not so insufficient considering the greater purchasing power of money which must have been at least three or four times as great as at the present Binois appears to have been on cordial terms with the duke accompanying him in his travels End of chapter twelve